Hello everyone and welcome back to the Over Manga Cast. That time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga that we find interesting. But this week we are taking a bit of a break. Instead of discussing a manga, we're bringing you a roundtable discussion on the concept of retroactive ruining. Has something ever ended up being so bad you never wanted to go back? Have we ever been in similar straits? Stay tuned and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, my name is Sam and welcome to the Over Manga Cast. Uh, this week we are short a J and so the uh, boys and I have decided to get us a discussion episode rolling. We don't have a uh, manga in particular that we're discussing this week. In fact, we're, we're probably going to get a little meta in this because today we are tackling the uh, perhaps uh, nebulous topic of retroactive ruining. I think we should start with a definition on this, uh, just to make sure. We're specifically talking about when something a media property does at the end makes going back and re-experiencing it or the or the experience of getting there already worse. We're not talking about like fandoms making things worse. Otherwise, we'd spend this entire hour talking about Smash Bros. and Undertale. <laughs> There's a lot of cases where if you want to go into the fandom route of that, that's a uh, that's a rabbit hole that only makes you enemies. <laughs> I, uh, I think the over manga cast has stated several times in episodes. Um, if a fandom is ruining a show for you, uh, just ignore them. You don't have to be part of a fandom. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's freeing. You don't have to engage with the toxic elements of, of a community. Because turns out, mm -hmm. the show you're watching, you can just watch the show. You don't have to go online and talk about it. It's great. <laughs> that is always is an option. But maybe if something goes horribly wrong, you want to go online and talk about it. <laughs> well, then you're part of the toxic fandom, Sam. I can't help <laughs> you at that point. Uh, we're, uh, we're crossing too many streams here. Uh, but yeah, um, I think the, like, the big like cultural zeitgeist one that's kind of hit all fields isn't really a manga thing, but uh, you know everyone knows that uh, Game of Thrones dropped off the face of the earth after season eight ruined everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the one that always get, gets brought up. Bro. Game of mm -hmm. Thrones is actually an interesting one because there are two manga specific ones that I want to talk about, but Game of Thrones is actually kind of a kind of a different and unique beast because one of the big things about Game of Thrones that really makes it hurt for the fans of that series, I, I want to be careful about how I phrase things because I've not seen Game of Thrones myself and some of the stuff I want to say later about this subject is going to kind of loop back around into this. So take with a grain of salt that I am speaking from cultural osmosis on the quality of the beginning, middle, and end of Game of Thrones, both the book series and the TV series. But one of the big things that really hurts Game of Thrones in particular is that it's the ending that was the problem. Stories will have different points where there is an ending point, particularly like a long-running shonen series will have points where it will just stop. You can get off the roller coaster ride if you so choose, and it is a lot less damaging to a series from a internal perspective if it is a later arc that ruins it as opposed to something like what happened uh, uh so they say to game of thrones where it's not like you can just stop watching the show and see a satisfying conclusion you have to go to the end and by then the ending isn't satisfying yeah and by then it's already taken a nosedive into it, into terrible so they say yeah it, it's also worth pointing out that um specifically for game of thrones i swear we'll get that what this podcast is about in a minute. I don't even know what this podcast is about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the important one of the, well, I think this might actually be something important for because uh, the TV show finished before the book series did. The book series still isn't over yet, and that is something that often affects the manga and anime space as manga and anime classically run up against the fact that it is faster to make a TV show in some cases than it is to produce chapters of manga or write a novel. In GOT's case. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cases where actually uh, I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna be coy and talk around it. It's Yu-Gi-Oh and Dragon Ball is the is the important points to me. And again, we'll we'll get to that because I, I do have a soapbox. I thought you were gonna talk about the Promise Neverland. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Promise Neverland well enough yet, so I've watched the first season of the anime. I want to read the manga, and I do want to watch the um second season of the anime in spite of what people have said about it for reasons I'll get into. Mm -hmm. 
you just want to watch the second season after you've read the manga. <laughs> yeah, I kind of yeah. do. Well, actually, I'm not sure which I want to do first because I know one is going to color the other. But regardless, which no, is in, the, in, the, in the Promise Neverland's problem, the problem is I think they skipped over an arc. So you would have a later part spoiled for you, ah, which is kind okay. of the Game of Thrones thing because it had an ending. Yeah, and that the ending was supposedly built off of George R. R. Martin's notes. So there is like a, do I read the book? Because is the, the ending he wrote what it happened? Like I've seen some analyses of why Game of Thrones went wrong. Again, I haven't seen it myself, so I don't want to make definitive statements about whether or not how much ground those analyses have to stand on. And again, that's going to be a big part when I get into my soapbox. One of the big things was uh, the creators of the show got to be the creators of the show because they went to George R.R. R. Martin and, and he said, if you can guess the twist at the end of my uh, book series, I will let you make the show. And they did successfully guess the twist at the end. And then there's that whole, you know, uh, subverting expectations had been the buzzword at the time. And also the two dudes <laughs> didn't want to make the show anymore, so they just ended it. And they ended up skipping over a bunch of stuff. And it, it completely ruined the flow of the narrative. Sort of getting back to what I was saying is the two series for me is what was made later were functionally sequels in the case of my two soapboxes. And that is a lot less painful for a fan because you can just stop watching a show. That is a thing you're allowed to do. No, no one sits you down in a chair and goes, you have to watch 5Ds. Unless it's me, but I'm forcing <laughs> you to watch 5Ds because it's hilarious. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and, and that is, I think, a really important element when it comes to, um, like, addressing, um, you know, how, how not so much fandoms, because, you know, like, fandoms, fandoms aren't always bad. You know, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go out there and say that like fandoms get a bad Not reputation always. and in a lot of times it's earned. In, in all honesty, the few fandoms that I've actually like been a part of have generally been pretty great. A nature of fandom is that it's uncontrollable. It's a mass, you know, and that's sort mm. of why they can go off the rails. But like when it comes to a single person, you know, you, dear listener, addressing a piece of media and this is going to go into uh the thing the stuff i want to say about this subject but when you are addressing a piece of media you you do have the control over how you know deeply into it you get will you succumb to the desire to go and experience the memes or not <laughs> and well and moreover like you know there's a sense of and this is a little bit getting into like how fandoms turn toxic but you know what does it mean to be a fan you know, you can, and Star Wars is another example of there are people who will say it was ruined after the first movie. Uh, forget about uh, Empire and Jedi. It was ruined after the first movie. There, I, I have heard people, uh, you know, ferociously argue in favor of that. I disagree with them. Um, there are people who still hate the prequels, despite them uh, turning around pretty hard in popular opinion, finally. There's, of course, the Disney trilogy, which is you know fraught for a number of reasons <laughs> but the thing is yeah. each of the star wars movies whilst you know it's like say what you will about sequel bait or like tying into a bigger narrative each of the individual star wars movies is a self-contained movie and you can mm -hmm. just enjoy a single star wars you know as a single piece of star wars media like maybe you only like the clone wars that's a thing you can do and i think one thing that could probably help a lot of people yeah, in uh, the discourse is addressing the fact that you don't necessarily have to stand for an entire body of work. You know, <laughs> you like what you like, and that's an important element. No, no, Jacob, I have made liking this thing my entire personality. <laughs> and we're, we're really fandoms. stuck on fandoms instead of what we were talking about, aren't we? Uh <laughs> A little bit. Okay, so getting back on topic, uh, I do want to say one of the things about this idea of some of knowing how a thing ends or knowing how if something that happens later can ruin the experience of doing something a lot of that comes from even a little bit of cultural osmosis mm -hmm. because it, it could be you know you watched all of a show or you read all of a manga and at the end it's like wow that journey was not worth the destination but sometimes it can even be like something becomes so famously it got bad at this point that you can't avoid it. Like, uh, I know that there are opinions about this, but uh, Death Note, uh, af it's like after L dies, 
it, it's so bad. You might as well stop there. Mm. It'll, if you read the stuff after that, it'll make it seem like uh, all the stuff before was crummy. I mean, that's, that, that's less like that though. That's more, there was a very vocal part of the fan base that really didn't want Elda to, and that's what happened whenever you mm -hmm. kill a main character. There is a not insignificant contingent of people who are like, how dare you kill a main character in fiction? You're trying to manipulate my emotions. And I'm like, uh, yes. That, yeah, that God, is that is the stated goal. God forbid a piece of uh, fiction motivate you to feel something other than happy and excitement. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yes, I am trying to manipulate your emotions. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> Technically, any work of fiction is trying to manipulate your emotions. <laughs> so I think I think maybe I should I should get on my soapbox because uh, I think the reason there there's a very particular reason why um, I think we keep slipping back into fandoms and it's a a big part of the reason why this was an important topic for me because there's also another layer that's really important that I mentioned a, a couple episodes ago. I don't often like talk in forums like this. I'll usually only speak either with Sam. Or, you know, on a Discord call before D&D &D with, you know, Matt, Jay, and a couple other people. Or I'll speak with someone in person where I can actually, like, read their face and, you know, have an understanding of uh, whether or not they get where I'm coming from. There are a lot of cases where I'll use shorthand and not realize I'm losing people. Um, and a big element of this is um, I have always made a point of being very jokey when I say you're not allowed to like Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. You know, there was that there was that joke way back in the beginning of the show. You're not allowed to like things, you know, and I, I, I framed that farcically very on purpose. There's a reason why I felt the need to make a joke like that. But the one of the most important things is you like what you like and people shouldn't shame each other for having preferences. I could debate with you uh, for hours about the literary merits of any given piece of media. But if someone likes it because they turn their brain off and enjoy it because it's fun or they enjoy the dumbness of it or anything of that nature. Um, get, get, to, get to Dragon Ball, Jake. <laughs> well, no, this is, this is all really important because all of that, all of that goes to um, an important point of if you enjoy something that someone else feels ruins uh, the literary merits of a piece of media, make sure that you're talking about the same thing when you discuss that subject with them. That's really freaking mm -hmm. important because then we get to something like the case with like the Boo era of Dragon Ball, for example. And the thing that always bugs me or, or any discourse on Yu-Gi-Oh at all, because Duel Monsters is the only thing people talk about when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh to the point where it infuriates me. And, you know, I will have sometimes a bit of an irrational reaction to that. I admit it. I'm not going to pretend to be perfect. But there is People an element. People do talk about the thing that consumes ninety percent of the paid space. <laughs> I... The manga also talks about it a lot. To be fair, Millennium World doesn't really talk about it at all, and it's a minor note in the first section of it. Okay, that's still not anyway. There, the point I'm trying to make is that card game, despite it being on page for a lot, isn't actually important to the themes or the characters. That's the important element. And actually, what you're doing, Matt, right now is actually the point I want to make. A series can sometimes be judged by a later sequel that doesn't adhere to what made the original story work, what made the original story special to someone who cares about it. And this actually kind of goes to a large extent in with how some people can react to Star Wars. You know, it, the, the, the stylistic change, the tone change, the themes being either completely different or being presented in a different way. And someone who is talking about, you know, like uh, let, Dragon Ball is the easiest one for me to give an example of. You know, Dragon Ball has these themes about um, perfection versus uh, personal growth. Um, and these are not themes that I came up with out of nowhere. This has been noted by many other people. Uh, Overly Sarcastic Productions did a absolutely fascinating dive into uh, how well written the Super Saiyan legend was. And I don't agree with everything that they said in that video, but like there, there's depth to Dragon Ball. And then you hear people talking about how Dragon Ball is just screaming and shooting lasers at each other. That's the movies. That's the Boo era. That's especially GT, and to a lesser extent, that's Super. That's not something that the early, that anything before that point does. 
And the thing that is important to me personally is something I love gets judged for something that, strictly speaking, isn't really part of it. I don't have to really care about the Boo era, despite the fact that, like, strictly speaking, I hate it because it, it just does everything wrong, in my opinion. You know, there, there, there's bits and pieces I could take out of it, but broadly speaking, I don't like where the story goes. So I'll just not read it. And that's good enough for me. But the thing that bugs me is when someone will judge the earlier parts of Dragon Ball from the perspective of what it became. And that's not fair to the original series. And that's the reason why I meant I was so careful about talking about Game of Thrones. I could be, I, I mean, hey, I have a lot of unpopular opinions. What a shock. I'm the mm -hmm. grumpy one. <laughs> one of the things that, that frustrates me when someone talks about, you know, why they do or don't want to get into Yu-Gi-Oh! is if you want to get into what makes the series worth caring about, it's not the card game. That's, that's marketing. That's a marketing layer on top of the actual story. And I, I get frustrated when people judge it for something that isn't inherent to it. That's something that's more attached to sequels. It, it is a step deeper than a purely marketing. It's, it's effectively like if you were reading a soccer manga and said, hey, you don't have to like soccer to read this. In fact, this, this manga is not even about soccer. It's about the team dynamic of how they interact. But at the end of the day, you are still reading a soccer manga. And maybe they don't play soccer all the time. Maybe they do training arcs. Maybe they go off and have a club activities. But there is still a not insignificant amount of things that is going to be people running around in a field scoring goals. Like, that is part of it. See, here's the thing. You haven't read all of Yu-Gi-Oh, have you? I'm sorry, am I not allowed to know that there are at least two major arcs dedicated to it? You're, you're missing the point of what I'm saying. You're judging it on something that you don't have a knowledge base of it in. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot the only people allowed to make criticisms are those who are experts on it. Thank you. I, I really do think this is an important point. Don't make judgment statements about something that you don't know about. I'm saying that a significant portion of it is about the card game. That's an aesthetic. Cool. It's, an aesthetic is an important part of a manga. Like, it's a mostly visual medium. But when you someone judges something entirely on the aesthetic and ignores everything that is beneath that, that's the concern I'm trying to illustrate. I, I don't believe I'm ignoring the uh, everything else. I'm just saying the aesthetic is an important part, and to not dis to completely discount that, to talk about a separate thing entirely, is kind of being disingenuous to your point. I don't even quite understand where you're coming from right now. I'm not talking about discounting the aesthetic completely. I'm talking about people who only come at it from the perspective of the aesthetic. Okay, yes, then the people you have named in this example, I guess, don't like it because they think it's just card games. Cool, good point. Yeah, and yeah. that happens a lot because okay. GX is just the aesthetic and nothing beneath that. And people judge the original Yu-Gi-Oh for only having an aesthetic when it has so much more. And that that's sort of the that's sort of the thing for me is don't judge Yu-Gi-Oh like it's just like GX. You know, it like liking GX on its own for its aesthetic is one thing, but don't judge the original Yu-Gi-Oh by that Mac, uh, by that axiom. I I can't imagine that's a significant group of people. That is everyone I've ever talked to about Yu-Gi-Oh. I think you have a very skewed perception of that then, because I think the original Yu-Gi-Oh series is very nicely truncated in a little box separate from the spinoffs. To the people who have experienced at least a little, yes, but I have to drag people past the aesthetic to get them to even try it. In all fairness, if someone didn't like card game manga, like, I'm not recommending Yu-Gi-Oh to them. Because they have to read a lot of people discussing rules and playing cards, and that, that is an, a not insignificant amount about it. Like, that is what you have to read. There are people who are turned away from it because you're, you're still not hearing the point I'm making. I am there hearing are, the point you're making. There That's are the people, no, there are people who are turned away thinking that it is only the aesthetic and that there is nothing more to delve into besides the aesthetic that the that it's not necessarily that the aesthetic is what's wrong it's that they want something deeper and Yu-Gi-Oh has that but because a lot of its sequels don't people judge it by that so i mean the people who are turned off by the aesthetic are still going to be turned off by the aesthetic that's though. literally not what i said 
okay, then the exact example of people you've provided do the thing they do. Cool. Good point, Jacob. Like, I, I don't know what we're talking about then. People who hate Yu-Gi-Oh for the wrong reasons hate it for the wrong reasons. Okay, so let's take it more broadly then, because that's the point I'm trying to make. It's not just Yu-Gi-Oh. It's not just Dragon Ball. The thing that I'm trying to, like, point out, and just because, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Dragon Ball are the two ones that are close to my heart because they're the ones that I personally have, like, seen the effect of because, you know, they're the things I care about. People, and I've done this too, people will make, like, I was very careful about saying so they say when it comes to how uh, Game of Thrones is perceived. And I want to be very careful about how I look at Promise Neverland when I finally get to it. I have been told that both of those... You know, it's like past, you know, past uh, Promise Neverland anime where I have seen is garbage. I don't want to make that judgment based off of what other people have said. Mm -hmm. And there are so many pieces of media, especially long running ones, that, you know, they get marketing sequels, you know, because like, you're right, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX and 5Ds and all those others are, you know, all in their own boxes. And like, that's sort of, that's sort of why um, going back a little bit further into the discussion um, I mentioned I always try to make jokes about not liking them as jokes because they are their own little box and I can just ignore them, you know, and I don't have to take your enjoyment away if if you like those. You know, if you want to if you want to like card games on motorcycles, like card games on motorcycles. But it's it's when, you know, older pieces of media are judged negatively by their sequels and the issues with their sequels. That's the problem I have. And it's, okay. it's, it's a, it's right. a problem with all long running fandoms. It's, it's something that I want to try to be better about. And it's something that it's, it's something I want to elevate because, you know, I, people talk about these things, you know, people have opinions and it's important to form your own from at least some level of knowledge base. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not sure what I can add here because this is, I, I mean, cool, Jacob, the point you're making is the point you're making then. I, I agree with it. The people who are making those judgments are making those in error, but like, I, I feel there's a nuance to it that's kind of getting skimmed over in the, well, no, I'm referring to this specific example, you know? I, I'm just trying to give it to more like a more full-formed bit. I get you have a very strong feeling about this point, but at that point, like, there's there's nothing I can contribute is I can just agree that the exact example you have laid out is what it is like the reason why I want to make that point though is because that's not something a lot of people think about it's the uh you know there are so many things that someone will go into wanting to hate and it doesn't matter what the quality is oh what no, the actual quality is that's stupid don't go into anything wanting to hate it. like everything we do on the show like I have the personal mindset of go into it like at least wanting to do the reading i mm, mm. i i think i'm not going to make that a hard rule because i think there are some things we are going to pick purely because they're bad i think we've attempted <laughs> to find things purely because they're bad <laughs> hate reads can be funny from the context of well actually okay that's, that's... we did no we did no read no yeah we're, <laughs> we're, we're we're producing an entertainment product though so like us hate reading something shouldn't really be the same thing as as for your own personal enjoyment going in and doing that at which point it's like you're just you're just trying to prove your own bias in that regard masochism at that point like when we mm. do it i'm doing it because i know an audience will find it funny that we're yeah. in pain our our suffering will be funny well and i mm. guess i guess to a large extent like where we are right now in like the development of culture is that this format is relatively common anymore and i think that there is a lot of people who basically try to read like they're a reviewer, you know? Oh, don't, mm -hmm. don't get me started on the amount of like, hey, <laughs> you don't get a degree in literary analysis because you watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Like, buddy, <laughs> and anyone can say whatever they want. Cool. I, but I mean, like, that is but, my soapbox, though, because there are some really good pieces of media that I don't think get a fair shake because that is people's reaction to it. I mean, it, I, it's, yeah, it's extremely I common. I agree with that. I'm just saying if what you need to do to give something a fair shake is like, let's say in Dragon Ball, like you, you should start at the very first volume and read all the way to the Saiyan arc, let's say that gives you enough of a drink. I'm like, say to Piccolo. That, OK, Piccolo is just like base Dragon Ball then. But like at that point, that that is a large ask of someone to like, well, then don't even bother coming. To, like, it feels mildly gatekeepy. 
to be like, we can't talk about the Saiyan arc of unless you prove to me you've done your homework. And I'm like, eh. Hmm. That's a, that is a fair point. I'm sort of coming it from it from the other direction. And I don't know if gatekeepy is the right word or even anti gatekeepy, but like there's a, there's a dismissiveness that um, the discourse can have. That is what I personally want to try to, you know, beat back against. Personally, I've, I, I, I kind of find the idea of, uh, nerddom home or like fandom homework or whatever to be yeah yeah when, <laughs> to be silly when someone's like hey give me a reading list and then i'll talk mm-hmm. to you is that something in my body just naturally opposes that mm-hmm. but like to the same point uh, jake is ultimately trying to say i think is that don't you know go in with only a single percep- perspective on a work or uh try not to let that uh have you automatically dismiss all of it which that is all a very good um encapsulation of you know kind of the 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 greater you know cultural consumption of media thing um one of the things i kind of want to pivot to on this particular discussion topic is when it gets to it at a personal level which jake you were sort of you were sort of getting into with the whole you know Yu-Gi-Oh and dragon ball can be you know neatly put into little boxes Mm. it's the benefit of you know arc-based storytelling you can just stop at at battle city or you can just stop at before duelist kingdom or you can just stop at the cell at the end of the cell yeah you could stop at cell you could stop at millennium world etc in a broader example you can stop at like season 12 of the simpsons like uh-huh. no one says the Simpsons as a whole is a bad show. They say the most recent seasons are bad. Like everyone's mm-hmm. just like, I'm just saying the Simpsons. Cause it's like so insanely popular. Like, and the yeah. first like eight, 10 seasons you'll get in debates about, but like that's solid TV for anyone to say it's mm-hmm. not is ignoring like the like birth of writers who being on the Simpsons basically made all comedy content for the entire millennium several yeah several decades (laughs) Uh uh-huh but it's like on a personal level when does it reach the point where the act of experiencing a a piece of media has made the journey there not worth it Mm. yeah because i mean like one thing about a good story is that looking back on it should make previous moments mean more not less Mm -hmm. i i think one of the benefits of like arc based stories is you have like mini complete packages. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the only times I'll even acknowledge retroactive ruining, cause I don't think as a whole, I really believe in it that much, but like when an entire show is built up around like a mystery, like lost is a great example of this. It is oh, a yeah, show yeah. that is built up on like, Oh, well guess what this cool mystery is. And then it ends with, Oh, it was the thing you could have guessed in the first season, but they kept doing plot twists to say it wasn't that. And I realize now I'm I'm probably talking about Lost in a disparaging way for people who might actually really enjoy it. I'm also just speaking from a broad cultural osmosis of it. Mm. But like that specific example of people being disappointed in the ending because like it was a show built around the mystery. And then what happens is when you reach the end and you realize the mystery was never real, you've effectively just been lied to. And that's the feeling I would associate with uh, retroactive ruining is when mm. you realize the past things you enjoyed about the media weren't real, weren't, weren't true, which mm. now that I've and, said that out loud, I realize all fiction isn't real. So <laughs> like, well, the, the journey getting there can't can't be removed from you is what I'm really trying well, to say there. So like in a verisimilitude sense, in the sense of it feeling real, like, yeah, it's that, like that's when because when you sit down to engage with a piece of media. That's what suspension of disbelief is. Part of your brain is like, this isn't real. But the rest of you is like, yeah, but that's okay, and I'm having fun with it. I think actually another good example of of less meta retroactive ruining would be something like um, a it was all a dream plot. Because, I mean, strictly mm-hmm. speaking, those sorts of things can be done correctly in a satisfying way. But a really good way of uh, making a, you know, it's like, you know, for example, like killing off a character and there's, you know, fandom backlash on it. Well, it was all a dream. So that means that everything else that happened didn't happen either. And all of that was completely wasted time. No, because they were in a coma and the person was talking to them. So all the character development really <laughs> happened. Okay. 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 Uh- 
Okay, okay. Uh, but um, I was going to give a specific example, uh, again, dipping outside of the manga space a little bit, but into video gaming. Uh, I have numerous opinions about Metroid Other M. <laughs> <laughs> Shockingly. And, and, and I'm not going to get too deep into the minutia of those uh, opinions, but the reason I could kind of call Other M a, a form of it or I wouldn't blame somebody for feeling this way is it is specifically meant to be in an inter interqual. <laughs> it's a prequel and a scene. It, it, it goes in between two established stories. It goes in between uh, super Metroid and Metroid fusion, which are numbers three and four in the main storyline. So by this point you've had three and more importantly, it came out after those two. So you have experienced the journey of Samus through Metroid 2, 3, 4. And so you have an understanding of this character. You have an understanding of her motivations, the what, how the universe works and what's going on. And then Other M comes in and just, uh, depending on your translation, does away with a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, does that make going back and experiencing or or even just the act of having experienced the games leading up to and subsequent to it feel lesser can you play fusion and enjoy it knowing that this came from other m can you play super and enjoy it knowing it will lead to other m there's also another element that's like less of a like a tv show has a bad ending and more of a something that is more manga-y this almost happened with Dragon Ball, where I, I was really hoping that Super would convince me to not hate Boo as much. I really, I really went in hoping it would be good. And let's say in a hypothetical world that, you know, Goku Black was actually a deep dive into the human condition. And, you know, like they, they threaded the needle perfectly with the Tournament of Power and whatnot. Let's say they did that by like not reframe, reframing what didn't work about what came before. You know, mm -hmm. and that means that to experience, you know, this, um, uh, you know, this, this next part of the story, you have to get through this, you know, not so great, you know, middle that it's always going to color whatever comes next. I think that's fair, though, like, because a lot of stories have like bad middle bits or like an arc that doesn't really land. So people are like, yeah, that arc's not great. But like. Oh, you have to trudge and, through it to get to the good part. I, I don't think that's retroactively ruining it. I think that's just a low point in a story, which is fine, because quality can dip, especially with manga, because those people are not treated great. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we have all experienced the arc that was uh, rushed out the door in order to meet the uh, the weekly grind. Oh, man, when we uh, if we ever read Hunter Hunter and we get to Greed Island, I'm going to show you guys what the uh, pre- um, volume releases looked like because oh, uh, he was very sick when he was doing that arc and it shows oh dear I, I, have, I have seen bits and pieces of that and oh yeah <laughs> I think maybe I think maybe the um the important bit um uh would be something to the effect of I think something can dip deep enough in quality especially if like trying to retcon it or trying to reframe it would be too much work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think I think there can be a point where, where does this character come from? Where does this plot element come from? And just ignoring it isn't gonna work. We established also, time travel exists in this arc that no one liked, and now we gotta deal with that. <laughs> now we gotta deal with the fact that it always exists. And to even try to fix it, we have to acknowledge that arc and remind people of it. You know, again, there there's actually, I think, I think to some extent the way series are released could have a pretty major effect on this. Because if something is, like, planned from beginning to end, um, then it's kind of hard to, um, like, unless the ending itself is bad, it's hard to have a situation like this, because that would just be, like, a dip in the middle of the story. But if something is but, being done arc by arc, yeah, if you it's can... Something, if it's something being serialized, there's a lot more points of failure, so to say. Yeah, and, and you, can, you can get and an arc that kind of breaks the story... I think one of the good benchmarks of is does this piece of the media's existence uh, it negatively affect the rest of it is something like 
if you aren't going in completely blind, if, you know, for what, if it isn't the situation where you completely randomly stumbled across this by the whims of the universe and you've, you are a completely blank slate for whatever this thing is, you are tabula rasa for this. In literally any other context, you are going to have at least a modicum of prior exposure to it. Even if it was simply like word of mouth marketing, you heard someone talking about this. It's how you it's how you if, got if to the it, place in the first place. If part of the medium, if you need to tailor your consuming around a specific part of it, that that's kind of a deep hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like, if someone tells you, hey, just skip this arc, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and, and and that's the thing. It is ultimately a personal experience. Are you the kind of person who is a completionist and, you know, or ha- or possessed of a morbid curiosity and you and you want to go and see the part that... And see for yourself. Uh, yeah, like, and, ju- and judge for yourself, which is what I argue. Yeah, or are you the kind of person who can just say, "Yeah, okay, that sounds good," and you just skip by it and let it and let it out of your mind after that? I mean, I guess that kind of my thought process on this is, I guess people just must have like two different ways they like consuming media. Like there are people who are just content with like enjoying the scenery, like kind of wandering through and like enjoying the journey itself. And then there are people who are like, I need to get to the f- finale of this because I have this anxiety that's building up that needs a release as opposed to like passive enjoyment. And mm-hmm. then that's why you get people who say, well, I guess I can never read Berserk because it's never going to end. I'm like, buddy, there is a lot of Berserk you can read mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> like, I think um, genre then is a pretty important element of this because there are some um, genres that the whole point is to passively enjoy it, you know? Like, um, oh, yeah, if someone like says they comedy, can't finish for a, example. Yeah, if someone says they can't finish K-Own because they don't know if they go to music college, I'm like, buddy, you are not understanding the point <laughs> you're not, of this. You're not engaging the media <laughs> for the right reasons. So, um, or, or like... Or, or if you're the sort of weirdo who needs to consume the entirety of, of the tight moon canon, and so you think that uh, today's menu at the Emia household is a slog. <laughs> well, and the other thing that I think is important and kind of a really big deal in this subject is how important something is to you is definitely going to be a big factor in this. Like I said... Mm-hmm. Um, see, J- see, Jake about Yu-Gi-Oh! and Dragon Ball and me about Metroid. Right, no, exactly. And, like, one of the big things is the themes in Yu-Gi-Oh! about, like, not cheating and fighting fair and, like, you look your opponent in the eye and you agree to the rules and cheaters should be punished, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that's something that's deeply ingrained in me. So when I see pieces mm-hmm. of Yu-Gi-Oh! media completely ignore that, not necessarily go directly against it, but ignore it, it hurts me more. Yeah, it, it it has more of an effect on me when I see mm-hmm. and when I see the growth versus per- perfection theming completely chucked out the window in Dragon Ball. That's the reason why I try hard at the things I care about. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's formative and, for me. So the bad parts of it hurt me worse. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like mercury steam i love you guys but there's a lot of the moments they have of samus being particularly badass and you know returns or dread feel kind of like a response to other m or the cultural perception Mm -hmm. of it and it's like now it makes it even harder to ignore so yeah it, it does it does come a lot down to genre also to medium like another one of the things about uh us being a manga podcast ostensibly <laughs> is, sure why not yeah is if you are you know consuming manga you've got that you've got those numbered volumes and <laughs> if there's a conspicuous hole missing <laughs> on your bookshelf yeah you got you, you you almost feel compelled to have an explanation for it <laughs> which yeah. means that you have to engage with it at least at some level the explanation is those are in the shame corner, and then you point over to where you keep, <laughs> to where you keep all the beach episode. Oh God! <laughs> um, I don't like that you keep the beach episodes in the corner, Sam. What are you doing in that corner? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. no! Don't think about it. I, I think actually something that Sam mentioned with the way that Other M has affected the rest of the Metroid series 
uh, to some extent kind of gets back into uh, something that was also mentioned previously, the idea that if there is a cultural reaction to a negative like sequel and then subsequent things basically have to apologize for it because it's the only way people will give them, you know, the time of day, that's a pretty serious problem with whatever that, you know, element of the story was. I mean... Kind of, but like in other M's case, that's like a kind of weird situation where they're made by different teams. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's an important thing to acknowledge. Uh, Team Ninja and uh, Mercury Steam are different. <clears throat> I don't know. I, there's a part of me that feels that's like incredibly unprofessional to in your game go like, "Hey, can you know that this other game really sucked?" I'm like, just don't mention it then. Like, it feels. Mm-hmm. Like when that's a completely and, separate like person making something like if authors did that, I would be like, these two people are assholes. Like if you're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, remember mm-hmm. when we went on that one book that was really stupid because we all hate the person that wrote that book. I'm like, this is just petty. This is taking me out of the experience. And it's like that might even just be me as a fan. That that could just legitimately be Mercury Steam, you know, doing their own thing. And I am projecting my biases Uh, onto it sam is the fandom that is ruining things i see (laughs) i i I am i am and uh, and uh, another video game example uh devil may cry uh the this is a much more overt example of what you just said matt uh there's that famous moment in dmc devil may cry the cursed reboot where uh donte gets a uh a mop head essentially dropped on his head that gives him the classic white Dante hair. He, he admires it in a mirror and then throws it aside. Like, nah, that's stupid. And it's like, okay, it's just childish and takes you out of the experience. Yeah, exactly. So I, mean, I, I don't know. I feel like video games are kind of not fair for this though. Cause mm. there's, there's a lot about ugh, other M that like the, the point of a video game is not with the exception of a certain genres is not to tell a good story. The point of a video mm-hmm. game is to have good gameplay. A good story, like, complements that, but, like, you can play a game without a story if the gameplay is good. Like... That's true. It's like That's saying true. a movie has a really good script, but the cinematography is bad. I'm like, then why am I watching a movie, you know? Mm, I, I can why, see Why that. am I not just reading the script? Yeah, uh, medium is also incredibly important. Incredibly important to the... Why do we keep straying so far to the one we're supposed to be about? <laughs> This is sort of a meta topic, and the the reason why we keep straying into other pieces of media and meta things like fandom is because the way people talk about pieces of media can affect your experience with that piece of media. And there, I think, is too often cases where people will make judgment statements about something that they don't have a knowledge base in, and if that makes another person, you know, like like that, you can get a game of telephone, you know, people start judging things for the wrong reason. Um, I feel like Chainsaw Man is actually basically like the direct inverse of retroactive ruining, where um, because Matt knew how good it got and and knew where it was going to go, it was really hyped up, you know, among the among the hosts. And I kind of judged the first part on the wrong things and too harshly. Now, I'd argue that to some extent that's not entirely me, but that's a that's an opinion thing and that's not, you know, that's another matter. Mm. But the big thing is that's functionally the inverse of what retroactive ruining can do. Um, mm. You can have a bad arc in a piece of media be the famous arc in a piece of media. Everyone tells you, you know, skip this arc because it's bad. And you start judging it based off of, you know, the bad arc. And it can have a pretty... Mm bad effect on like even if the arc isn't even that bad it can have a pretty serious Mm -hmm. effect on how you engage with a piece of media don't get me started on people saying the bad arcs in one piece are skypea and (laughs) skypea is you can technically skip it you are going to be lost on a lot of things but like you can i don't know why you would because it's very entertaining on its own right it's like skip this because you want to get through all of it faster but i'm like I, I guess I don't have the mentality of I need to get to the end of it. I'm like, no, I'm just mm. going to enjoy what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't get me started on uh, hyperbolic internet discourse. <laughs> have I fallen victim victim to it? Yes. Have I perpetuated it? Yes. yes. But that's... I, it, 
<laughs> I've seen Shame Corner. Yes, I've seen you play League of Legends. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, not for not for nothing, but like, you know, this us talking about this hopefully can you know make some people think about maybe not doing that. You know, like that's sort of where I'm it, coming from. It is ultimately a personal thing. While you can make the consumption of media a thing that you share with others, it is. Bet- it is ultimately between you and the creator and even then if you believe in death of the author it's just between you and the story mm. so you need to be the one who sets your own mindset and or you need to be the one who has to understand your own biases going into something or or don't <laughs> you you get you're also free to just throw that to the side if you feel like it It'd probably get you. It'd probably get you to consume uh, a wider variety of genres. Ultimately, well, yeah, that would actually probably be something I should do. I, I think. I think the more important part is when you start talking to others. Is when you should start considering thing something as meta as this, mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. what you say about something can affect someone's enjoyment. What's the moral here? <laughs> Don't listen to people on the internet. Yeah, it's not to... real. <laughs> if other people try and give you their opinions on things, don't listen to them. That's our opinion on this matter. <laughs> well, okay, okay. That meme aside, I do, I do actually have a, a moral for my personal end of this. And, um, you know, it, it, it really is when you're talking about something you don't know very well. Like the less the less well you know something, be more careful and use more qualifiers to like let people know you know what your knowledge base is because you know I mean you can't be an expert in everything, but too many people on and I know I'm I know I'm shouting into the void and trying to fight this, but I don't care. I'm gonna try. Too many people on the internet pretend that they're experts when they're not. I'm very much the pot calling the kettle black when I say, you do not need to speak authoritatively on everything. You cannot speak authoritatively on everything. I want you to know, on the OverMangaCast Twitter, I don't pretend to know anything. (laughs) (laughs) Does anyone know anything on Twitter? No. Because they're all bots. (laughs) No one on Twitter is real. No one on Twitter is real. No one, no one Twitter's real. (laughs) Is there anything else we wanted to get to on this? Uh, no. I, I, Jake and I, Jake I, and I did take up a lot of the air in the room. If you, in, if in you all fairness, my opinion is I don't really think it's a thing. I think, I think people get in their own headspace, and at that point, like for, like it's kind of like the fandom reaction of if you're letting other people ruin something for you, there is a amount of personal responsibility that you're not fully going into something and cleansing yourself of it, like. Hmm. Like, cause, cause just demanding everyone be nice is great advice, but like also there is a level of personal responsibility you can take. It's like, oh, if I've heard nothing but bad things about this, give it a chance. Yeah. And, and actually, I guess that's probably a more eloquent way of the, the inverse of what I was saying. I think, I think a, a, a good point, Matt, that you did make was that it, it sort of depends on the way that you're, what you want to get out of the piece of media, because, you know, not everybody you know, not everybody, uh, you know, looks at stories for the same reasons. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, Sam and I are pretty strongly in the camp of, yeah, something can retroactively ruin what came before. Yeah. But, you know, we, we engage pretty deeply in, in stories, whereas Matt is, you know, you've said you're there for the journey and that's perfectly valid too. Weird way to juxtapose those two opinions. We care really <laughs> deeply about this. Matt's looking at the pretty city. <laughs> not not quite that not quite see see, we're the smart ones that's what i'm really we're the smart ones you're the stupid (laughs) one i forgot you don't know and understand subtext (laughs) (laughs) i know people who use subtext and they're all cowards Well, that's what I loved about Klaus was <laughs> you didn't yeah. need subtext. You just needed zomb- uh, zombie fights. You just needed demon fights. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess the actual point I was going with there is like, you know, maybe maybe like try to make a practice of like telling people what, you know, perspective you're coming at a story from, you know. When you're like, talking about it. I, I think we do that a lot when we're reading something, especially when we have a disagreement on it. I think hmm. me and Sa- Sam have a go-to reaction of, I, I I hate to bring it up, but I think Record of Ragnarok is a great example because you you have a very strong opinion about it that if you yeah. want to know, there are two episodes of it. There, me, there are two episodes where I make very clear my opinion yeah, of it. And me and Sam and Jay are just like, 
Jacob, you're making points, but also popcorn read. Popcorn read? <laughs> popcorn read. Popcorn read. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, part I, of the reason I hate it so much is I don't think it works as a popcorn read. But... That's the fun thing about popcorn reads. They're entirely subjective. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> it might just be popcorn. Who knows? <laughs> that, that's my argument, but... <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, like, that, that, yeah. is, that is an important thing. Like, like... And, and the real question is, Record of Ragnarok anime being bad make the manga worse? No. <laughs> I think the Record of Ragnarok uh, anime being bad made the manga better. <laughs> you thought it couldn't get worse? Here you go! <laughs> and, and again... It, you're right, it, it couldn't, it, uh, because the anime was yeah. already still frames. It's just better art in the manga version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. So yeah, it, it is ultimately all down to a personal perspective. How much you allow the perspective of others to color or or how much you uh are not it it's it's weird to say, but this is a thing that is true. Uh people do not realize how much control they have over their own way of thinking. It's not a lot, but it's more than they think. More than one realizes. And it's more than and and it's more than they exercise. Be mindful of the way uh, other people's opinions of something being good or bad affects you, and be mindful of the way that you talk about it to others because oh. mm -hmm. it can affect that. You know what? I I think we're kind of hitting a wrap up point. Can you guys agree yeah. with me on that? Yeah. So I I think probably a good way for us to end this uh, little episode. Um, let's give the viewers some homework assignment. Uh, because what we're okay. our main thing is don't let other people saying something about it ruin your enjoyment of something, right? That's a pretty good takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So how about we all just call our favorite anime series mid, and we can get on with it. Uh, Attack on Titan mid. Sam. Mid. Tank and Topagur and Logon mid. It's pretty mid. Um, what else? A uh, Bleach super mid doesn't belong <laughs> in the big three. Um, Naruto oh, no. mid. The only reason you got away with that one is because one of the hosts is missing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jay's not here. Hold on. Yeah, uh, Trinity uh, Blood mid, Helsing <laughs> mid, um, <laughs> One Piece mid, Dragon whoa, Ball. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, <laughs> One Piece is pretty mid. Uh, uh, Dragon Ball. Dragon, Dragon Ball is very, very mid. Mid. I think the only thing that's not mid is Case Closed, and that's just because there's too much of it. <laughs> it's too much. It, it, the the bell curve is entirely skewed on that one. Like it would be mid all the way through, but it sags in the middle, so the sides are really top tier and the bottoms like bottom. So it's like that's, that's <laughs> been my experience every time I've tried to engage with case closed. As it turns out, the mid is pretty bottom. <laughs> I want to get into it. Oh, uh, and of course, Hunter Hunter mid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, every, everything's mid. Gundam. <laughs> Oh, Gundam's super mid. Gundam is Gundam. the middest of mids. Uh, if you if oh, you yeah. look aggregate, oh god, it is the middest of so, mids. So follow us on Twitter at OverMangaCast and tell us that your favorite anime or manga is mid. <laughs> or if you want us to call your favorite anime mid, we will. Just tell us what it is because it probably is mid. You have very bad taste. <laughs> All of us do. Every last one of us. Ah, uh, so yes, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Over Manga Cast. Uh, make sure to follow us on all of the social medias where we are again at Over Manga Cast. Uh, check us out on YouTube where you can like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, uh, good way to leave individual. Episodes. Yep, good way to leave comments on individual episodes and uh, uh, reviews uh, on your podcatcher of choice are very greatly appreciated. Tune in next Thursday for another episode of the Overmonga Cast, where we're reading Chihayafuru chapters 1 through 19. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night.